Welcome to Wonderland, the podcast where I go down the rabbit hole to research things you may be curious about. My name is Ami, and I'll be your guide on this trip to Wonderland. Hi, I'm so excited you're here with me for this trip down the rabbit hole. I had the privilege of attending Soda City Comic Con here in Columbia, South Carolina to help out the All About Nothing guys who had a booth there. Barrett Gruber was even part of a panel on Sunday. When I first learned that they were going to be taking part, I began to wonder. I 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 wondered about the inception and evolution of comic conventions. When did they start? What were they for? And how did they get to be so huge? Join me as we go down the rabbit hole and learn all about Comic-Con. First things first, what exactly is Comic-Con? It's a comic convention. They got pop culture stuff, comics, the whole biz. Yeah, that, that's it. Yeah. Oh, I mean, that's really easy. That is a comic convention is just a, a, a nerd wonderland. Really, it is a place where a bunch of nerds can come out and see comic book vendors, people who are selling more nerd merch. Whereas, like um, Fallout Four, you know, Call of Duty, anything video game related, anything comic book related, anything anime related. Anything, you know, Marvel, DC, you know, the movies related, things like that, where people can see those things sold. They can also take a chance of, like, you know, listening to a panel where a voice actor or an actual actor is out uh, and answering questions, giving talks on different things that are about the industry or telling people more about what's coming. Um, so it's, like I say, it's a, it's a nerd wonderland where there's, there's a lot of things that happen. You can also see people, you know, dressed up like me, where they cosplay different characters in those different shows that they like to watch. So. I feel like you answered everything. Now, I mean, for me, I think the short answer is it's a place of acceptance. It's, it allows anybody, you know, not gender non-conforming, LGBTQ, whatever you believe or practice, this is a place where people come together and share different ideas and have fun. And it's a place of discovery. Like, a lot of times you'll find out, oh, this is a cool character. I don't know what that's from, but now I looked it up. And this is a new show that I just got hooked on, and I didn't know whatever. Um, you can go to several different conventions and go to panels and learn new shows. I went to a comic convention before, and that's how I got hooked on the show Supernatural. Okay. And it, it was already, like, in its fourth or fifth season. I didn't really know what it was. I went to a panel, watched it, and then I watched it from there on out until, until it went off the air, like, after 14 seasons. So, I mean, I just think it's a place to... Connect with people that you don't know. Connect with old friends you haven't seen in a while. Um, just have fun. Anything to add? I mean, for me, it's like a pizza. I mean, it depends on no matter what kind of pizza you like, it's all pizza. I mean, you can show up here. Um, conventions have everything from Star Trek to wrestlers. It, does, it, it basically is a, a situation where you, you come to a place, and no matter what you like, it's here. Um, you can find like-minded people or people you may not even agree with on certain things, but you agree that you both like this thing. Um, that's the beauty of it. Um, it. You may be politically, socially, whatever. You may be on odds on different ends of the spectrum, but you all like Star Wars. So that's one of the things where people come and they just have a good time, and it's a, a, almost a place of escape. The world sometimes can beat you down. It can get hard. And this allows you, these people who put this, these things together, they bring these 
all of these people together so that people can have a place of peace. To add to that is a Comic-Con is really kind of a place of celebration because everyone is coming for to see these different things and they're like, hey, you know, I really love this character. Hey, you know, there's the voice actor for this. Like, you can celebrate the work that they did with that character. Or you might see the artist who drew that character. And you can kind of celebrate that person. Or you can see there's so many different things that people do. But only that, even the vendors downstairs who sell things, um, you can kind of celebrate the things that they make and, you know, sell. So that way you can take something home and be like, this is really awesome. I got this artwork that reminds me of this character. So now I get to celebrate them. So, you know, it's also a place of celebration, too. Comic book conventions or Comic-Cons, are fan conventions with a focus on comic books and comic book culture. Creators, experts, and fans gather together in celebration of all things comics. Comic-Cons typically feature vendors selling their comic-related wares, celebrity appearances, panel discussions and interviews, fans dressed in costume, and a buzz of camaraderie for folks with similar interests. Comic book culture has certainly grown since the earliest days of comic books, But before we go further down the rabbit hole of Comic-Cons, we're going to take a little side trip to talk about comic books. So what is a comic book? That's easy. It's uh, usually about 16 pages. Um, They're just a paperback book that just has a lot of graphic art. Um, Like sometimes you hear like graphic novels and stuff like that. It's a similar thing, but comic books are just... A lot of artwork, a lot of very little, well, not very little, but like, you know, limited dialogue and things like that. Something that's more based on a visual versus the literary with like a normal book. Comic book is a, uh, a short piece of uh, 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 a story that is illustrated and, yeah, it's an illustrated short story. It is an illustrated story, panel by panel. It is a book with pictures and words to get you from picture to picture. Uh, it is a collection of panels and action and bound on paper. It's like a, like a uh, thinner graphic novel, I guess, right? That's the way it, you describe it. <laughs> um, it's a book where a majority of the story is told through art? Um, I guess it's like, well, it's a book, but you're more focused on the art than on the words, and you tell the story with the, the pictures. A comic book is usually 32 pages of um, drawn images and word bubbles, uh, usually in a serial format for stories. A comic book is a bound collection of comic strips, usually in chronological sequence, usually telling a single story or a series of different stories. Typically, these collections showcase basic art and text. While sequential storytelling has been around since at least ancient Egyptian times, there is one comic book that is largely considered to be the first. Any guesses on what it is or when it was published? In history? Yep. Long time ago. <laughs> I feel like, wouldn't there images with the Canterbury Tales? Were they doing that? Maybe. I don't know. Would they be considered a comic, though? Because, yeah, I mean, if you're going that way, hieroglyphics. <laughs> yeah. We're doing some cuneiform stuff, man. I don't know. Uh... I'm going to say in the 1890s is, is the time period I'm going to go. That's what I'm just going to say. First comic? I would think. The first comic book? Because I know they did comic and newspaper presses. Um, I would probably, I don't know, I would probably say like late 1800s. 
I mean, my brain goes to the first uh, appearance of Superman and uh, whatever. Action Comics, yeah, action yeah that comic. was like 1930, yeah. I think, something like that. That would be the first superhero. Comic book, I don't know. There's probably like something that goes back, so <laughs> I don't know. Oh, no. I have. <laughs> mm, I, I, I kind of want to go with maybe Superman in like the 40s or the 30s, somewhere in there. That's a hard to question. I would say it was probably in the 20s if it's going to be the earliest comic book. And it was probably in a newspaper. The first comic book, I'm going to guess, probably came out in the early 1900s, maybe earlier. But I suspect it probably had something to do with religion. Late 1800s, but I could not tell you what it was. Ooh, I don't know. What do you think the first comic book was? Um, Spider-Man. Spider-Man? Okay, and when was that? If you guessed the adventures of Mr. Obadiah Oldbuck in 1842, then you really know your stuff. I'm linking a YouTube video on my website for this episode for a video by Matt with four T's. It's really, really good and gives you a very good description along with pictures of the first comic book and its backstory. It's only 10 minutes long and I really enjoyed it. Basically, there was a Swiss artist named Rodolf Topfer, who came from a long line of very talented artists. Unfortunately, Topfer began losing some of his eyesight at a pretty early age and could not follow in the footsteps of his father. He went on to become a schoolteacher where he entertained the children in the boarding school with cartoons and stories. Eventually, friends of Topfer encouraged him to publish his books, and he did in 1837 when he published Histoire de Monsieur Verbois which was later translated to English and printed under the name The Adventures of Mr. Obadiah Oldbuck around five years later. He is known to have created seven such different stories. From there, comics such as The Yellow Man Kid and McFadden Flats was published in 1897. In 1899, Funny Folks came out. Then in 1901, a comic by the name of The Blackberries was published and is the first known full-color comic. Behind that was The Funnies, The Adventures of Mickey Mouse, Detective Dan, and Little Orphan Annie. Early on, comics didn't focus on superheroes. After The Adventures of Obadiah Oldbuck, and before the first superhero graced a comic book, there were pulp heroes. Pulps were small books that cost about 10 cents at the newsstand and had strong male leads going on adventures. The protagonists in these stories certainly were above average in their abilities, but they weren't considered or marketed as superheroes. Think Popeye. Fine, Popeye the sailor. Popeye the sailor man. I'm drunk to the finish, but I think that it's time Popeye the sailor man. In 1936, the first costume hero showed up as the Phantom, and shortly thereafter, another masked hero, the Clock, appeared in the pulps. Then, in June 1938, the golden age of comics began with Action Comics number 1, featuring a man in a blue costume with a red cape lifting a car over his head. Unlike his predecessors, this hero had powers which far surpassed human abilities. And the name chosen for this first superhero? Up in the sky! Look! It's a thing! It's a plane! It's Superman! Superman. Superman's grand entrance ushered in a whole new era in comics and a brand new cast of characters. Batman, Batman. 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 Batman.
underwater and go flying through the air. The Submariner. The Human Torch. I'm the Human Torch, but my friends call me Johnny. Johnny Storm. Who would later be redone as part of the Fantastic Four. The Angel. Who would later be redone as an X-Men. And The Shield, which was a predecessor for Captain America. All those who chose to oppose his shield must yield. If he's led to a fight and a duel is due, then the red and the white and the blue will come through when Captain America throws his mighty All of these before 1940. And the 40s gave us The Flash, Green Lantern, and Captain Marvel. And the first superhero team with the Justice Society of America. Can you name the original members of the 1940s Justice Society of America? Um, no, I can't tell you the 2000s Justice, Justice <laughs> uh, Society of America. So, no, I can't. Not a chance. Can you name any of them? It's not Superman. Is it? Is Superman one of them? Oh, I know there was Sandman, um, Green Lantern, Superman. That's, that's all I know. Any other guys? No, I don't know. Justice Society? Superman, Batman, uh, then you had Hawkman, Wonder Woman, Green Lantern. I want to say Jay Garrick, Flash, Green Lantern, Alan, uh, Scott, Alan Scott. I want to say Sandman, but I don't know his real name. Was an hour man. Oh, I don't remember. I, uh, oh, man, Although, that's bad. look at you pulling out Sandman and Hour Man. You're uh, like one of the only ones. I, 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 it's, like, I, I can see the picture of all of them. I just can't remember their names right now. Just, oh. The Flash, the Green Lantern, the Spectre, the Hawkman, Dr. Fate, the Hour Man, the Sandman, Adam, and Johnny Thunder were the original members of the JSA. These characters and comics persisted on through generations and are still wildly popular today. So how did we get from comic books to comic conventions? We'll discuss the first Comic-Con, but first we need to talk a little bit about the ACBFC. American comic book something something. ABC. <laughs> what was it? ACBFC. So I'm thinking American comic book something Accurate comics built more comics. Anime comics born forever ago. Action comics, I don't know. American comic book federation of collectors? The Academy of Comic Book Fans and Collectors. The ACBFC was the first official organization of comic book enthusiasts and was established in the 1960s by Jerry Bales, who had been dubbed the father of comics fandom. The idea was inspired by a friend of Bales, Roy Thomas. 
Thomas felt that a comics industry version of the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences would be a great way to emphasize how serious comic fans were about comic books. Bales believed that a fandom organization would help perpetuate the concept of comics as an art form, as well as act as a sort of umbrella for other ideas and projects. The Academy was created, initially as the Academy of Comic Book Arts and Sciences, but later renamed to the Academy of Comic Book Fans and Collectors in 1963. The Academy was formed, and a convention just for comic lovers was on the horizon. So finally, we're ready to talk about Comic-Con. When and where do you think the first comic convention was held? Ninth, uh, well, comic books started coming out like around, so maybe like 1930s? Um, probably New York, if I had to guess. Or New York City? Probably somewhere weird. Uh, <laughs> Ohio, maybe. Yeah. 1973. <laughs> in San Diego. I would willing to bet in California, maybe San Francisco or L.A. is where I would say idea what year or around? I have no idea what year. Uh, I know it was probably before I was born. Any guess? First Comic-Con ever? I'm going to... Comic-Con or just convention? Comic convention. Good good distinguishing question. Well, the reason why I said is because Star Trek fans have been keeping these things going for years. Comics came afterwards, after the Star Trek conventions. Trekkies Trekkies basically saved the world. I don't know if people realize this. They kept this going and then comic conventions realized, like, oh, we can do that too. So I would say it's probably San Diego. I want to say San Diego's the first. You want to take a different stab, or you want San Diego too? I'm going to say Florida. I'm going to say the 1960s. Were they even a state then? (laughs) (laughs) Officially, the first comic book convention was held in New York City in 1964 and was called New York Comic Con. The idea for a convention certainly wasn't a new one, however, and likely Bales and the gang got the idea from science fiction conventions, which had been taking place since around the 1930s. Out of this New York Comic Con, two very important pieces that still act as groundwork for modern conventions took shape. First, Bernie Bubness, one of the folks whose idea it was to hold the convention, invited Tom Gill, an artist for The Lone Ranger, to attend and host a chalk talk on how to draw for comics. This would be an instrumental part in how future conventions engage fans and creators in panels. The second piece was that another planner, Phil Suling, who is also an avid collector of comics, suggested that distributors sell comic collectors older issues to complete their collections. Comic book distributors and resellers still take active part in comic conventions today. The first comic conventions were pretty small affairs. New York Comic Con 64 had around 100 attendees. Most early conventions started out small, being held in rec halls or church basements or at the VFW. Now, comic conventions have enough draw to fill convention centers for multiple-day events. Even here in a mid-sized city like Columbia, South Carolina, our Soda City Comic Con is a two-day event at our convention center with a dozen celebrity guests, panels, meet-and-greets, and over a hundred exhibitors, vendors, and artists. After the New York Comic Convention, similar events began popping up all over the world. What comic conventions have you been to or heard of? Galaxy Con Raleigh. I have been to Gen Con in Indianapolis. I've been to this con many times. This is actually my first convention okay. in 2015. So, uh, a list of others that my brain's blanking on now. Uh, I've heard of this one, San Diego Comic Con. Uh, bon- I've heard of Bonsai Con. SC Comic Con, Galaxy Con. Um, I think that's really it. Yeah. We know one in Greenville we're going to go next year. 
Uh, yeah, I've been to Dragon Con a few times. Um, I've been to something called Mega Moose Con, which is like just for Dungeons and Dragons. Okay. Uh, mostly just Dungeons and Dragons stuff. So we've, um, me personally, I mean, we've been to a bunch of cons together, um, but we. Um, obviously, we've been to Soda City Comic Con a few times. I think this is my first con ever. That or Heroes Con. It was one of the two up in North Carolina. But we've gone to Momo Con a few times. That has been our, our almost yearly thing we've been to, um, which is more, less comic books and more just general pop culture stuff. But, you know, a little bit of far reaching everything. It's uh, pretty cool. I've been to. Uh, Reincurrent ones, one in Charleston, Captain's Comics, Florida, Jacksonville, Bo Matsuri, Mizukan. This is the first one I did at home in Columbia. Um, you know, the big ones like MomoCon, San Diego Comic-Con. Um, I know there's a horror con here in South Carolina. Mm-hmm. Um, those are the only ones I can think of. All right. Well, it's because I'm putting you on the spot, so <laughs> that's what happens every time. Chances are, if you just say Comic-Con, people's minds go to the big one here in the United States, San Diego Comic-Con, which draws more than 130,000 people each year. It started August 1st through 3rd in 1970 and was originally called Golden State Comic-Con and was held at the U.S. Grant Hotel. 300 people attended the very first Golden State Comic-Con. And as big as San Diego Comic-Con has grown, it's not the largest worldwide. Any ideas on what the biggest comic convention worldwide might be? Oh, uh, in the world, comic convention. Comic convention. I would assume the one that goes by Comic Con. Like, if there is one that just has Comic Con in the name. Yeah. The name is trademark. So I would exactly. Say, I'd say it's San Diego. Yeah, the one in San Diego, I would say that would be where the biggest one. I'll go with that. So they call it Comic Con International. I'd say that. Definitely the San Francisco Comic Con. San Diego, right? San Diego. San Diego. Uh, San Francisco or New York? Okay. Outside with her. <laughs> okay. Or, or somewhere in England. That honor goes to Comicet, or Comic Market, out of Tokyo, which boasts attendance of more than 750,000 patrons. This Comic Con focuses more on manga, a Japanese comic genre, and started in 1975. In Italy, Luca Comics and Games draws in more than 300,000 attendees and is the second largest convention in the world. This one started back in 1966 and is more than just a convention. It's a festival that goes on for five days and spreads across the entire city of Luca. Also in the top three is the Angoulême International Comics Festival in France. Like Luca Comics, this one spreads the entire city of Angoulême. This festival started in 1974 and had the largest first-time attendance of any comic convention with over 10,000 visitors. Now, this festival hosts over 200,000 visitors annually. Closer to home, other big comic conventions in North America include Fan Expo Canada, LA Comic Con, MegaCon Orlando, New York Comic Con, Wizard Con, and Dragon Con. In addition to these pretty big, well-known cons, your area is sure to have a local con in driving distance. Here in South Carolina, for example, with really no big cities and a medium population, we are driving distance from Soda City Comic Con in Columbia, South Carolina, Anime Town in Greenville, Power Comic Con in Florence, South Carolina Comic Con in Greenville, Captain's Comic Expo in Charleston, and Incredible Con in North Charleston. And if there isn't one near you, maybe you can start your own. 
The Creation Convention, which debuted in 1971, was organized by two 14-year-old schoolboys, Adam Malin and Gary Berman. One of the most interesting aspects of Comic-Cons to me is the cosplay. So what is cosplay and why do people do it? Um, well, this is my first, like, Comic-Con, so it's my first time really going out and doing it. Just having fun hanging out with friends and, like, getting to, like, meet other like-minded people. And, you know, I just kind of do it for fun. I have always, like, been a fan of costumes and whatnot, and, like, I did it in theater and stuff. So, like, you know, I just have a lot of fun doing it, and, like, even if it looks kind of crummy, like, it doesn't really matter. No, you, you look great, and I hope you guys have a great time. Um, I don't know, it's cool because like I play Dungeons and Dragons so much that it's cool to like make it a real thing. So it's cool. It's fun. Fun with friends. Yeah. It's fun to dress up. It just makes me feel good to be able to step into a different personality for a little bit and I love how excited people get. I also typically dress up as princesses and cosplay princesses. The way that kids react is just like it makes my heart happy. So I just love it. It just makes me happy. I enjoy the creativity of it. To be able to create a character. Just being able to be one of your favorite heroes of all time in literature, movies, or games. Cosplay is a performance art where participants wear costumes and accessories to represent a specific character. The characters range from anime, comics, television, video games, and sometimes totally original characters. Often, cosplay is more than just dressing up and includes role-playing the character. Costume role-play. Cosplay developed out of the practice of fans wearing costumes to science fiction conventions beginning with Morojo's Futuristic Costumes, featured in the first World Science Fiction Convention in New York City in 1939. Now, the largest event featuring cosplay is Comic Hut, which we discussed earlier, but cosplay is incredibly common at comic conventions worldwide. Interestingly, according to a couple of sources while I researched this, at Comic Hut, patrons may only cosplay while in attendance at the convention and must change out of their costumes before leaving. Cosplay is considered a performance art, and it truly is. So much detail can go into costumes that there are competitions held all over the world. Contestants are judged on things like accuracy, the resemblance to the original character in terms of appearance, craftsmanship, quality and details of the costume and the props, presentation, likeness in terms of the character portrayal and performance, and audience impact, stage presence and connection with the audience. It's not uncommon for a comic convention to include some sort of cosplay competition or display, and it's fun for all to see these characters come to life through someone else's eyes. Comic cons have evolved from small meetings of people with similar interests to something that engages tens of thousands of people at a time. Something that initially started out as a haven for interests that were largely not mainstream has grown into something that speaks to people of all ages, races, genders, and backgrounds. While I was at Soda City Comic Con, I asked some of the fellow convention goers, why they attend Comic-Con. See all the cool anime and yeah, media, store stuff down there, finding stuff you usually can't find. So. I assume you guys are looking to get a signature, yes, no? No. Oh! There's a possibility. Possibility, but we're not sure if we're going to do it. But I like looking around at all the vendors and all the crafts and stuff everyone's made. And of course all the cosplays. And looking for home decor. <laughs> uh, to show my four-year-old son all of the things that he's going to be into one day and all of the movies I'm going to force him to watch and uh, yes basically his life for the next 10 years before he's able to move out um, mostly just for the costumes and the art I love seeing people who love the things I love and um, I love being able to buy like art and toys and things that I can't buy anywhere else I had an unbelievable amount of fun at Soda City Comic Con it was thrilling to see everyone in their cosplay 
I loved getting to talk to so many people about what they love about Comic-Con. I hope that you've enjoyed this episode and learned something. Be sure to check out my website, www.wtwlpod.com, and TikTok for some additional fun information and videos not featured in this episode. Also, if this is your first time listening because you wanted to see if your answer was featured, I hope that you enjoyed it and that I have a new listener. Please go back and listen to some of the older episodes and look for the Welcome to Wonderland podcast on social media. Thanks so much for joining me today, and until next time, be safe, be kind, and stay curious. The Welcome to Wonderland podcast is copyrighted by Ami Bland and is part of Barrett Gruber Entertainment Division. This podcast is usually recorded at the podcast studio at GOT Sound Studio in Lexington, South Carolina, but this episode was recorded at Barrett Gruber Entertainment and Media's home studio, also known as his office. Any thoughts or opinions expressed as part of this production are those of the host unless otherwise indicated. Subscribe to this podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Please follow, like, and share this podcast. Find us on Facebook at Welcome to Wonderland, the podcast, and on X, the app formerly known as Twitter, at Wonderland underscore pod. We are now also on TikTok at Wonderland Pod. And finally, check out pictures, additional information, and go further down the rabbit hole on our website at www.wtwlpod.com. To submit corrections, additional information, or requests for episodes, please email the host at Welcome to Wonderland, the pod at gmail.com. Woo! You made it to the end. You made it to the end. Now we have to wait on Barrett. He has to come and stop this. Stop the madness. Stop the insanity. Actually, he just has to stop the podcast. Hello, podcast listener. My name is Barrett, and along with a couple friends, Zach and Trent, I host the All About Nothing podcast. A weekly discussion about news, entertainment, politics, sports, and more. We give our honest opinions about the information that's most affecting the world. Sometimes serious, sometimes funny, but never not interesting. It's the All About Nothing podcast with Zach King, Trent Clark, and Barrett Gruber. Get it wherever you listen to podcasts or visit theallaboutnothing.com for links. The All About Nothing podcast. It's likely to be the best part of your week. The preceding podcast is a product of Big Media and copyright 2023. All rights reserved.